Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles. And welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai. 32 years. I'm so excited for today's show because at 8.15, calling in, my guest is a new orthopedic surgeon, as in brand spanking new. His name is Dr. Eitan Debbie. And I'm really pumped to talk to him because he's at the beginning of his career. And what's so special about him, which I want you all to hear, is he's a Kobe Bryant. He's a Kevin Garnett. He's a Stevie Wonder. He'll be too embarrassed to ever admit it, but he is a prodigy. He has a gift. He's smart, good with his hands, and has a really kind heart. All the key ingredients for me that makes a great physician and makes a great surgeon. And it made me think all week. And I had a busy week, and we'll get into it. What a great time I had yesterday with George Sedano and the great Scott Kaplan, my favorite guy on the station right now. It was just awesome to play in the golf tournament yesterday, see the whole gang from ESPN that you all listen to. But to play golf with three weekend warriors was really a special treat for me, including one of them, Mark Davidson, who won the longest drive contest. Got to watch someone who really knows how to play golf. is unbelievable. Great fun, great food, and thanks to the people at the Yorba Linda Black and Gold Course really putting on such a beautiful event. But I been thinking all week about my guests like I do every week. What's the topic? It's different for people who are blessed to be so smart and so capable in their chosen field at an early age. They do things differently than the rest of us. They see the world differently than the rest of us. An emphasis on the word seeing because the example I'm going to use today's show is a man who doesn't see who's never seen because he lost his eyesight in an incubator as a premature infant because the oxygen was too high. And that's Stevie Wonder. But Stevie Wonder sees through his ears, just like Clapper Vision, just like what we do on the radio each and every Saturday. And wait till you hear his Hall of Fame speech where he takes you literally behind his glasses and has you experience what he experiences, it's awesome. But do you ever wonder why someone like Kevin Garnett, the first player, remember he's the year before Kobe comes right out of high school. Kevin Garnett did it the year before. It hadn't been 20 years since an NBA player came right out of high school. Why did Kevin Garnett make that move? 
Well, you're going to hear in his own words why he chose to come right out of high school. What gives you the chutzpah? You got to do the chutz sound. The chutzpah. To be able to think you can do that. Well, if you're a prodigy, if you're Mozart, you can do it. And Kevin Garnett did it beautifully. But you're going to hear an interview that I have of Bill Russell, the greatest, 11 rings, the greatest Boston Celtics, the greatest basketball player you can argue of all time because he's got more rings, talking to this young pup, Kevin Garnett, kind of the way I'm going to talk to Dr. Eitan Debbie at 8.15 when the, the old guy, me, <laughs> I don't know how that happened, I'm the old guy now, but talks to a young prodigy. And it'll make you cry. Better have Kleenex again this week because it'll make you cry to hear the gentleness with which Bill Russell speaks to Kevin Garnett. And the whole story in art and music of a prodigy and Stevie Wonder's journey will inspire you as well. Clapper Vision, I saw, I mean, I did so many great surgeries this week that I got to tell you about, including the reverse total shoulder replacement, where you make the ball into a socket and the socket into the ball. You reverse what God made in your shoulder for people who have no more rotator cuff to work with. And to see this man a week after I did his surgery with the biggest smile on his face, moving his arm, his pain is gone. He can move his arm. It's awesome. But I saw a patient this week that I figured, you know what, for the clap revision for this week, this is a woman who's seen a bunch of other orthopedic surgeons because her knees are killing her and her x-rays are red as negative. She has an MRI, it's red as negative. And yet, she has knee pain. And I told her why. I figured it out because I know the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. What happens when they tell you there's nothing the matter with your knee and there actually is something the matter? And I'll explain that. It'll involve horseback riding. That'll be the clap revision. We'll do that a little bit later in the show. And food, this is the season that Santa Fe, New Mexico produces the greatest thing you can put on your eggs in the morning. My mouth is watering already. They're not just chilies. They're green chilies called Hatch Chilies, and they're only from New Mexico. But I'm going to tell you where you can get a jar of the greatest chilies that you can put on your eggs in the morning. Oh, God, is it so good. Green Hatch Chilies. We'll get into that later in the show, where you can get it here in L.A. But let's get right into it, because this is a story that is just beautiful, and we've all experienced it, of what it's like to hear someone who has a gift, and this guy has the gift. You made my soul a burning fire. You're getting to be my one desire. You're getting to be all that matters to me. This is Stevie Wonder singing a song that he wrote in 1966, recorded it later for that album, Hot in July. It's called All I Do. All I do, is think about you. All I do. 
I think about him every time I think about people who make something of their lives when everybody told him you couldn't. He sees the world, even though he's blind, differently because of his talents. Listen to Barry Gordy from Motown, the man who started Motown, talking about how Stevie Wonder drove him crazy, crazy enough that he almost didn't want to sign Michael Jackson because he didn't want to deal with a prodigy. This is just awesome. This is Barry Gordy. What was it the first time you saw the Jackson family when Michael Jackson came in? What were your first impressions when you, when you saw them perform in front of you? Well, I was floored. Uh, I, when I saw them perform, I was really floored. But I did not want a kid's group because <laughs> I had Stevie Wonder and, you know, chaperone teachers. And his, his mother was really tough. So I did not want to hear his group at all. Yeah, his mother was really tough because she was a Jewish mother, basically, who said, Barry Gordy. Mr. Businessman, you better not touch my son's money. <laughs> and Barry Gordy did not like that. Oh, Stevie Wonder's mom was tough. See, Lula, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was really tough. I mean, she wanted everything. And I didn't even like his singing. <laughs> I mean, what I liked was his harmonica playing yeah. because he was so great as a harmonica yeah. player. And uh, his singing voice I did not like. This is what his harmonica sounded like. This is Barry Gordy actually introducing the prodigy, the tiny little Stevie Wonder. Listen to this harmonica playing. Stevie Wonder! Oh, my God. This is a 10-year-old. Oh, my God. All right. Well, now you know where he's coming from. Oh, Stevie Wonder's mom was tough. See, Lula. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, was really she was tough. And she said, but he's my son. He's going to be a star. And, uh, you know, but don't take his money. You know, <laughs> and things like that. You know? So you didn't want to sign the Jacksons because of the possible complications in case Lola got involved? Well, they had... They had <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, they, 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 they had parents, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go deal with Michael Jackson's parents. But listen to what Barry Gordy saw in a prodigy that was Michael Jackson. And so what won you over? What did you see in, in that family, in those kids, in Michael in particular, that made you Well, realize? Michael was, of course, he was, he was phenomenal because he could dance like James Brown. He sang like Jackie Wilson. And... Uh, even though he was maybe 10 years old, he looked like he was two years old, and he was singing like he had been around for 30 years because he was singing a love song uh, that Smokey had written, and uh, it was like a song for a man who had lived through love and pain for 30 years. He was just incredible. Michael was a prodigy. Barry Gordy knew it firsthand. And Stevie Wonder was a prodigy seeing the world differently. 
and later with a bevy of instruments, including the harmonica, piano and the drums, all of which he taught himself before the age of 10. Stevie Wonder was just 11 years old when he was discovered by Ronnie White of the Motown band The Miracles. An audition followed with Motown founder Barry Gordy Jr. who didn't hesitate to sign the young musician to a record deal. And here's the beginning. In 1962, the newly renamed Stevie Wonder, Little Stevie Wonder, working with a Motown songwriter, released his debut album, Little Stevie Wonder, The 12-Year-Old Genius. The record, which included the hit Fingertips, was an immediate hit. But rather than resting on his laurels, the hard-working Wonder, who would go on to study classical piano, pushed to improve his musicianship and songwriting capabilities. After dropping Little from his stage name in 1964, he churned out the successful single, Uptight, Everything's Alright. What does a prodigy sound like towards the end of their career? This is Stevie Wonder at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We usually only see him with his sunglasses on. But on this particular event and moment... He takes his glasses off so you can see his eyes, see the opacities in his cornea. And he, he's going to go after this camera guy and break his camera. How could he even see? He's so aware of his surroundings. But he teaches us something about what that journey of a prodigy is like. Listen to the beginnings of his Hall of Fame speech, the great Stevie Wonder. You take one more picture, I'm going to break that camera. <laughs> <laughs> I would like for everyone to, if you can for one moment, stop. Even with your pictures, please, thank you. I would like for everyone to, for one moment, close your eyes. As I take you through an experience of my life. You got to close your eyes to see how he sees. And here's where he uses the term, this is my favorite soundbite of them all, clapper vision, that he uses his ears to see. And as we think about all those sounds and voices that we have heard tonight, and those that we know as very famous rock and roll stars, jazz musicians, classical musicians, gospel singers, country western singers and musicians, so forth and so on. And we hear the voices of people of many different colors and cultures. But through the eyes of our ears, we see the beauty of hope. The eyes of our ears. That's a prodigy. That's what they sound like. They just do things differently. In all walks of life, whether you're a surgeon who's about to start your career, like my guest at 8.15, your Stevie Wonder or Michael Jackson, or in the world of sports, Kevin Garnett. Wait till you hear his story and what a prodigy sounds like in sports. Awesome. That's today's topic. And thanks for buckling your seatbelt and joining me for a ride on the Weekend Warrior Show. You're listening here on 710 ESPN. Holy emoji, clap, man.
Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc! That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. Walks the stair without a care and shoots so high in the sky. Bounce up and down just like a clown. Everyone knows it's Dr. Clapple. The best present yet to give or get, but costs a little to buy. The hit of the day when you're ready to play. Everyone knows it's Dr. Clapple. You want to get a <laughs> Dr. Clapple. <laughs> What's going on? It's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. I'm of spilkis. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. This is beyond my wildest dreams. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Steve Paulette, you're amazing. We're so lucky to have Stevie Wonder in our life that his journey was different on many levels. And having those gifts makes him proceed through life differently. Go try and write a song and sing a song like this. Forget about it. But the same thing can occur in the world of sports. I love sports. I love art and I love surgery. It's not just being smart. For a surgeon, you better have good hands. And trust me, not every one of them does. And early in my career, I would assist other surgeons because that's how you... What do you do when you get started? Oi vey. I'd look at him going, why did you choose to make a living with your hands? You should just stay in the books. Ten thumbs. And then you see people like Frank Job or Dr. Ranawat, where the elegance of their fingers and what they could do was like Eric Clapton playing the guitar. And they were smart. Well, in sports, Kevin McHale, he left high school. He didn't go to college. And there's a reason for it. Oh, sorry. And Kevin McHale was the general manager for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's the one who decided, yep, we're going we're gonna to draft this high school kid. And you're going to hear an interview now with Kevin McHale and Kevin Garnett. But I had never heard this before. Why did you come right out of high school and go to the NBA? Why didn't you go to college? He wanted to go to Michigan, North Carolina, and they were recruiting him. But when you're a prodigy, and what does a prodigy mean in Kevin Garnett's case? He's seven feet tall, but he told everybody he was 6'11". You know why? Because he didn't want to play center. He wanted to play. He wanted to handle the ball. That's how gifted he was. Believe me, if I was seven feet, I'd tell everybody I was seven feet tall. But when you're special, like Kevin Garnett, 
and you can dribble and you can do all the moves in a basketball arena. You want to showcase those talents. You don't want to just be under the rim getting rebounds. So when he went on a recruiting trip to Michigan to meet with his buddy, he said, come on, let's go play basketball. And his buddy said, we can't. We have to get the key, permission from the assistant coach. Kevin Garnett said, what? That's what college is going to be like? I got to get permission to go into the gym? Forget about it. Listen to him tell this story to Kevin McHale. Let's go to jail, man. Let's say, Hold on, we got to go ask the assistant coach to here, give us the keys to open up and they can't. Yeah. I'm coming from, I come in when I want. I got my own place. You know, it's me and my sister in here. I don't have any curfews in here. You know, I got to get up at a certain time, so I'm in it. So I'm on a system. I'm like, you got to go ask who? <laughs> oh, man, we can't just go in the gym. No, we can't just. And I was just, I could feel myself being frustrated with that. Okay. Having to, not that I have problems with authority or none of that, because right. that wasn't the case. But I had, I, had, I had got to a point where I wasn't asking anybody nothing. I was creating my own. And mm-hmm. with that. You were creating your own at an early age, Kevin Garnett. No, I'm doing it the way, the right way. I'm doing it, you know, with no intent. It's coming from a good place. No, nah, this, nah, this, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. And kind of went from there. Okay. Didn't have the formula yet right. to get to the league, but... Yeah, but you knew you were going to get... I, I knew you knew I, you were going there at that I point. I knew I was not going to do the norm. And now Kevin McHale, he's the newly minted general manager of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's now signed his high school student. This isn't even a game. This is the very first day in practice. Kevin McHale telling you what he saw in the prodigy, Kevin Garnett. Fifth pick in the 1995 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Kevin Garnett from Farragut Academy in Chicago. Now, you get to Minnesota, you know, a whole new world kind of opens up to you and practice starts. Your first practice, you work so hard, you were laying on the ground when practice ended. I remember going to the trainer saying he gave up so much energy, there's no way he's going to be able to bring that same energy in the second practice. But you did. But he did. But you did. What gave you that just unbelievable energy when you stepped on the floor to play basketball at such a high level and just at such a high energetic level and to be able to do it day after day after day? Kev, you know me. I'm super competitive. Mm -hmm. Just like when Billy was busting my ass in the front yard and I had to get to that point. You know, this is, I felt like this is my chance. This is the chance I was sitting, looking out the window, praying about. Yeah. This is it. What are you going to do with it? So I've always made a point that every time I hit the floor, I leave everything out here. And now Kevin McHale says, and by the way, you can't eat Taco Bell and Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. You're going to have to eat better. Let me give you some words of wisdom because I did play in the league and I won a bunch of rings for the Boston Celtics. I never forget that because I came to you and I was so, so, like that had to be the most hurt I was in for a while, man. I, I tell you, I had a fresh body. Yeah. I, look, to that day, I don't even know what that feels like anymore, right? But I remember I said, Mag, man, you did this for how? He said, yeah, brother. I, yeah, brother. Did it for 13 years, brother. Hey, look, it gets easy. I said, really? He said, yeah, just keep going, young fella. Just keep going. I'll never forget that. You messed with me. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to Taco Bell and yeah. KFC to get some chicken. <laughs> you was like, oh, brother, you're going to have to quit eating that. Uh, no, no. But you know what, Mac? I never wanted to let you down. Yeah. I never wanted to let Flip down. And I didn't want didn't. to let myself down. I, t- I promise you, you didn't. That right. was the first day, again, I watched you. 
And I was like, man, this guy just brings such an unbelievable amount of energy. And then his dream truly comes true. Like Stevie Wonder having that first hit uptight. Kevin Garnett's first game. Listen to the story from him and Kevin McHale. So now we have an exhibition game, and the popcorn started popping, and you even brought more energy. And all of a sudden, I saw the first, really, the KG yell, the KG scream, mm. to get out there. And you were talking trash. I'm like, big this dog. crazy guy is talking trash, and dog. he's not even sure what he's doing. It was big dog. It was big dog. Big dog. Yes, you, you know, big that? dog neighborhood guy. Big yeah. dog. Shout out to big dog, Glenn Rob. Man, he yeah. was super cool. Ain't no, you hit the flow. You know, ain't no friends out here. So, you know, <laughs> he was like, yeah, what's up, young fella? You in trouble tonight? You know, I'm playing the three. I don't really know how to guard three, so. But you still need to learn the craft. You still need to learn the music business, Stevie Wonder. You still need to learn orthopedic surgery as a young surgeon. You may be a prodigy. Well, how do you learn? You learn by each and every game, song, surgery. You've got to be able to absorb each and every morsel of information. And that's what Kevin Garnett explains here. You know, I got my ass kicked and it was cool um, because from that I started to learn. I could say every night I made it my point to learn something every night and to apply it. You know, I didn't really know what I was doing, Mac. I just knew I was competing, yep. and I knew I was catching little stuff. I knew what he did the first time, I wasn't gonna go for it the second time. Like, I was just, I was just on job training, and it was just going fast. Once the ball gets popped up, go up in the air, man, it is going. So, from that, I like to think that I was able to keep up. I was able to process. As fast as it was going, I was able to process. But there's a whole parallel universe. There's a whole nother part of one's life in sports, in art, in surgery, and that's the business. The creative part, yeah. The skill set, yeah. But you also have to make a living at it, and that can sometimes be a rude awakening. Coming out of high school, success in the NBA very, very early. Right. Then you your contract and you sign the big contract, okay? Now, all of a sudden, there's a lot of talk about the right. contract, and you know, we've talked about right. this before. How did you feel kind of going in there? Because, I, you know, I, I know it was a... It was a we t you sat in my office one day and we talked about it a little right, bit about right. the weight of that contract and stuff and you know but what did you you know what did you feel because boy the whole kind of basketball world was looking at you saying look at this great big deal this young fella has signed he's got a big target on his back now the contract matured everything it made it it made a real live business um, part of the NBA and the fun of it is the basketball all day I could play basketball till I'm blue in the face just keep on hooping. Taking that, wait back up and do it again. The greatest part of the NBA is the basketball. One of the down parts of it is the business because the dollars and cents make everything real, you know. Um, there's no more naiveness in that. We don't need you to be 19, 18. We need you to be 25 now. Yeah, I know you're 21. I know you're 22. So what? We need you to be this now. You got to grow up fast. But this is an interview you're about to hear that really will touch your heart. It's when Bill Russell sits down with Kevin Garnett because after 12 seasons at Minnesota, Kevin Garnett tried his hardest, all his might, to try and get a ring, and it didn't happen. And it was frustrating to be that good. But it's a team sport. You can't do it alone. 
So he left and went to where Bill Russell won 11 rings. He went to the Boston Celtics. Bill Russell has said many times his favorite player was Kevin Garnett. So now the old man, Bill Russell, gets to sit down with the young pup who's now come to the Boston Celtics. And the warmth with which this interview takes place, where Bill Russell literally says, you know, I've seen a lot of basketball in my life, and you have the gift. You have the work ethic. Keep doing it. And if you don't do it, guess what? I got 11 rings. I'll give you one of my rings. It's unbelievably touching to hear Bill Russell speak to Kevin Garnett. The tradition that comes uh, with this organization, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud to be a part of that, and I just want you to know that first off. When you come in here and you put the green on, responsibility comes with that. Every time I suit up, I think about that. I think that you're going to win at least two or three championships here. Okay? And if you don't, but I see you playing the way you should play. I'll share one of mine with you. Mm. And here's where Bill Russell talking to a prodigy about his journey, because he knows full well what it's like, what it was like for Bill Russell all those years ago, decades ago. He sees it in Kevin Garnett. I'll tell you, this, this is a genuine friendship thing I'm talking about. But if you play the way you play and you dedicate yourself to doing it, they will come. It's like they feel the dreams. If you build it, they will come. You may have to put your arms around a couple guys and take them with you. But you can't put, drag them. You got to put your arms around and take them with you. Okay? And uh, I, you have no idea how proud I am of you. I couldn't be any more proud of you than I, I am of my own kids. And, uh, and I see you at number five. That's close to six. <laughs> Just beautiful. That's the conversation I had with Dr. Ranawat. And that is the conversation I'm going to have with my guest at 815. To pay it forward. I was blessed by Ranawat. God then blessed me. And I'm going to bless the next one. And you're going to hear the next one at 815. Coming up next. What happens when they tell you your knee hurts? Or you say your knee hurts. Your knee tells you it hurts. But they tell you there's nothing to matter. What happens to a knee? What to look for? You could teach your own doctor what I'm about to tell you. What to look for? Because it causes knee pain, but it don't show up on the x-ray or MRI. I'll explain with some clap revision. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You want to chime in? You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show. Thanks for telling your friends. Every Saturday morning on 710 ESPN. You're the only girl my heart beats for. I wish that you were mine.
week in words on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly here, Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. What's the best medicine? Besides chicken soup, <laughs> vitamin C, <laughs> green tea, <laughs> prunes, uh, yeah. shot whiskey, <laughs> not around here. What's the best medicine? I cannot wait. We call it clafter. <laughs> get your pants off and get in there and I will tell you what I think. Doctors always want your pants off. Take your pants off. Doctor would like to see you with no pants. Just get them off. It's my head. I said take your pants off. But I hate the extra weight, so I start, maybe I'll start screwing around with some of his stuff, you know? Maybe I'll turn that thing up a little bit. Whatever the hell that does. Take all the tongue depressors out, lick them all, put them all back in. Clapper. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. At 42 years old, you know what your new nickname is for me? <laughs> Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. You're not Matthew from Santa Monica anymore. You're Mr. Priop. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles neighbors. Welcome back, Weekend Warrior. You know who that is. That's a prodigy. That's what it sounds like when you have the gifts. And you can do things that other people can't do. What does it look like? It looks like Kevin Garnett, and it sounds like Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson. But it happens in surgery as well. When you have the gifts ahead of schedule. Surgery is different than other parts of medicine because you're not only needing the smarts, but you need the fingertips too. And when you see it, it's special. All right, let's do some clap revision. Let's go to the phones. The lines are lit up. We'll go to Ron and San Juan Capistrano. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hi, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Very good, young man. How, how young are you, and what do you do for a living? I'm 65 years old, a year older than you, and I'm <laughs> in the contracting business. Measure uh, twice, cut once, and don't hit the wrong nail. <laughs> I, put, I put that on a hard hat for you, doctor. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> What's up? Hey, I for the last week and a half, my left foot has been numb like carpal tunnel. And I'm going to see my primary, but I'm just called you to see if you could help me. I, I just don't know what it is. All right. Well, the key is it's your foot. Is it the big toe? Yeah. Is it the little toe? Is it the whole foot? Whole, What's numb? No. The, the whole foot except for the toes. And does it involve the other foot or is it just one foot? No, actually, I, I started feeling it just a little bit in my right foot. Oh, really? Okay. So, one of two things causes numbness in the feet. One of it is called neuropathy, which is oh. alticocoritis. You get old. 
And the tiny little, I mean, if you think of the nerves, here's a clapper vision for you. For you, Go look at one of those big pine trees, the big trunk, Rockefeller Center. They have that big Christmas tree. They get it from Oregon or something, that big Christmas tree. That trunk is massive. And then you have those branches that are thick and big that go 90 degrees from the main trunk. But then you have those smaller branches, and then you have those tiny leaves that come off the tips of those branches. And if it's an evergreen, those you know how those those needles, if you will, that's the leaves. They're really, really thin compared to that big trunk that's the base of the tree itself. Well, guess what? Our nerves and our blood vessels are exactly like those giant trees. There's a big trunk, the sciatic nerve, for example, big trunk, but then it has its branches that come off, just like the tree. But ultimately, it becomes like the tiny little needles of an evergreen. And neuropathy, particularly when we get older, is the loss of the circulation to those tips of the needles of the evergreen pine, pine tree, not to the trunk. But classically, it involves the tips of your toes as it works its way into the foot, ankle, and up the shin. You're not describing it that way, that the tips are numb. You're really describing it that it's not the toes, that it's the feet, and it's in both. So, most likely, we're not dealing with a neuropathy in the classic sense. What you and I have to think about is your lower back. You may have what's known as spinal stenosis, and that would cause numbness in both feet. So, I'm not a big fan of cortisone shots and epidurals. But what I am a big fan of is actually learning what the source is. So your exam with your primary, they better feel your pulse because you want to make sure the circulation is not the cause of the claudication and the feelings that you have. But if it's not a vascular issue, then the next chest move is an x-ray and an MRI of your lower back. You certainly want to be seeing a neurologist when you talk about nerves that aren't working, and they can do a very elegant test called a nerve conduction EMG. Those are the things that you need to be looking for when you go to see your primary, and you can give them some advice or her advice. If they don't come up with the solutions I just gave you, then get yourself another opinion. How's that? Um, that's fine. Thank you, doctor. I really appreciate it, and I'll, uh, I'll bring that up. Can I, I Can you hold on one minute? Tell me that procedure one more time so I can write it down. I need you to get an x-ray, an MRI, a nerve conduction EMG from a neurologist. That's the test you want to get when you say you got numbness. And what that basically conduction. is, is it's a test where and it, we used to use needles to do it. Now everything's much more sophisticated. They'll put patches from your butt, your thigh, your calf, all the way down, and they're electrodes. And what they'll do is they'll see where actually the nerve is still normal and when the problem occurs. For example, if you have carpal tunnel in your wrist and hand, you do a nerve conduction EMG, guess what you see? You see that the nerve is healthy in the arm, in the elbow, in the forearm, and then it becomes bad into the wrist and hand. Well, then you know, aha, the blockage is at the wrist. You got carpal tunnel syndrome. So when they do that study down your leg, they'll be able to say, aha, the nerve ain't working, but it's from this disc, L4-5 versus L5-S1. You literally can pinpoint where the source of the problem is. 
But if they see that the entire leg has a numbness, then you're dealing with a neuropathy. It's a very beautiful way to be a detective. And that's what you'll need to do. Right away, they want to give you drugs and shots and surgeries and stay the hell away from that. You first need a diagnosis. All right? Now, I need you to do me a favor. You're a total stranger on the phone right now. I need you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. I will, Dr. Copper. Have a great day. God bless you. All right. God bless you, too. What a pleasure to talk to a loyal weekend warrior in San Juan Capistrano, probably the most beautiful place in the whole world. All right. Let's do another one. Okay. We got time. The lines are all lit up. I better not give the phone number away anymore. Let's go to Mitzi. Mitzi, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? What a great name. Hi, Dr. Clapper. Mitzi, you know, they, um, when kids are born nowadays, they, they give them all these fancy names. They don't give them the name Mitzi anymore. That's a name from the past. How young are you? I was, I'm 58. I was named after Mitzi Gaynor. Yeah, that's right. That's the, the most famous Mitzi. If my mother was still alive, she'd be quelling right now because she was one of her favorite singers and actresses, yeah. Mitzi Gaynor. Yeah. Good for you. That's amazing that your mother loved Mitzi Gaynor so much. <laughs> yeah, she's having a baby. It's a girl. I want to call her Mitzi after Mitzi Gaynor. That's amazing. <laughs> I love Thank you so where, much. Where the names come from. Where did you grow up? What did your father do for a living? My father was a truck driver, and wow. um, he drove all over the country. All over the country. Was he home for dinner or rarely? No, never. N- hardly ever. He was. He was on. He was cross country driver. Did he ever talk about one particular place that he loved the most in all the driving back and forth around the country? No. As a matter of fact, I I became. Um, a driver when I was 22. Really? You followed in your father's footsteps? Yes. And, what was um, it like to be a, a a woman truck driver? Oh, my God. Did you have a gun in the back of the cab there in case somebody bothered you? <laughs> no. Oh. Um, I was with somebody. <laughs> okay. And I had, a, I had an accident. We, well, we had an accident in Klein's Corner, New Mexico. Wow. And um, I went through the windshield. So. Hey, vey. Yeah, so I started having seizures, and um, so you, I've never been in one yet. Oh, well, how can I help you, young lady? What a special person you sound like. What can I do for you? Thank you, Doctor Clapper. Um, I had a rotary cuff surgery. Okay. Um, it'll be three months on the twenty third. Mm-hmm. However, I went to my surgeon Friday last week, and I cannot move my arm. Mm-hmm. I can't move it out. I can't move it above my head or nothing. Did he do it arthroscopically or did he open your shoulder? He opened my shoulder. Mm. Did he, So when you saw him, what did he say was going on that you couldn't still lift your arm up? He, he said it takes like seven months or more. And I'm like, no, because I had two hip replacements and it didn't take that long. Mm. Well, the easy to- the easy way to figure it out is to get an MRI. That's the best way to look in your shoulder to see how it's doing. Three months is a long period of time. So if the tendon is not staying attached to the bone and it pulled off, you'll know with an MRI. So that's what you'll need to initiate is, hey, I want to get a new MRI now to see if the surgery worked because it's possible that the tendon is no longer attached to the bone. You'll have to see that. That's the best way to see. If you do the MRI and it shows that it's still attached, 
then you got to sit tight and let it heal. But if you really have a feeling in your heart that, hey, this ain't working, then get a new MRI. That's that's the best way to figure it out, and he should have no problem ordering that. Okay. And, you know, when they say, oh, how do you know all this stuff? You know what you're going to tell them? I got another opinion from Dr. Clapper. Oh, yeah. That's Dr. who I got. <laughs> you listen to yes. the show? You know what Clapper vision is? Huh? Do you, you listen to the show? You know what Clapper vision is? Clapper vision. No. Clapper vision is your rotator cuff is like a boat tied to a dock with a rope. The rotator cuff is the rope. What your surgeon tried to do was reattach the rope to the dock, either by tying a better knot or actually bolting the cleat, the metal attachment of the rope to the wooden dock, right? But an MRI will tell you, did the rope snap again or did you pull the cleat off again? That's that's a clapper vision for you to understand what you're looking for on the MRI of your rotator cuff. Does that help? Yes, it does. Thank yeah. you so much. All right. You're welcome, young lady, and God bless you. Listen, you're a total stranger to me. I want you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. Yes. That's how you'll be thanking me. I sure will. And I'm originally from Ohio. You know that. I did not know that, but I love Ohio because they got the best ice cream in the world, Grater's Ice Cream, which you can buy at Ralph's now. And they also have the okay. best pickles from Toledo, Ohio, Tony Pacos, pickles and pepper. Yeah. I order them every year. The best. Oh, so wow. God bless you for being from Ohio. What part of Ohio? Dayton, Ohio. Oh, that's where well, the Wright brothers are from. Yes. That's actually, I was born and raised from where LeBron James is, was went to school. Oh, wow. Well, both he and you have done very well in life. You should be very proud of yourself. Thank you so much. All right, young lady. Thanks for calling the show. I appreciate it. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Never can stay Get smart. Just what are you getting at? Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Like this. Medical advice from Cedar Sinai, head of orthopedic surgery. Are you kidding? With a far rockaway attitude and a little drizzle of mozzarella. Well, it's important to me. Search Weekend Warrior in the space bar. Like this. And click on Doc's picture. I see. Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. <laughs> What do you want when you gotta eat something? And it's gotta be sweet, and it's gotta be a lot, and you gotta have it now. What do you want? Lick, smack, and whip, back and patty, whack, and ink, and knack, and silverack, and scalawack, and cracker jack, and boo. Big clap. Candy coated popcorn, peanuts, and a prize. That's what you get in. Big clap. Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Sometimes you can call me Smokey. Sometimes you can call me Rocky. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Today I want to be Tito, Dr. <laughs> Tito Clapper. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Sing, dance, and clap their hands.
Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's the great Stevie Wonder, a prodigy. Talent to the moon. His journey, different than the rest of us. Kevin Garnett, a prodigy in sports. And my guest at 815, we're going to talk about becoming an orthopedic surgeon, a prodigy. Awesome. Each and every Saturday... In my mind, I think about a particular person because I'm seeing patients all week. And I want to dedicate today's show to a woman she, I learned passed away. When I started 30 years ago, I'm not from here. I don't know the doctors. How a patient's going to come and see me? Well, I took a lot of call in the emergency room. Did a lot of trauma. I was the one they called if they broke something, dislocated something. God knows what happens. I used to be, I was like an expert. People would be working in their kitchen. They dropped the knife for whatever reason. And that knife, always people wearing flip-flops would always go from the, the countertop, whoop, right down onto the top of their foot. And they'd cut their tibialis anterior tendon, tiny little laceration. In the top of the foot, guess what? No longer could they move their toes. I was the expert in <laughs> taking them to surgery and just sewing the tendon back. But those are the kinds of things that you did to try to make a name for yourself, build your practice. And I was really lucky. The anesthesiologists, the nurses, they kept telling their friends and their family, go to this guy. He's, he's better than everybody else. And I became busy pretty quickly from word of mouth <clears throat> and one day Edith I'll give you her first name I won't give you her last name Edith came to my office she had seen the mafia the big shots in town and I was a young pup in practice and she need both her hips replaced and she went to the big guy in town and she she just didn't like him now, Edith was special. She was a lawyer, educated, smart. And then on top of it, decided she'd become a psychologist. She was smart. She was intimidating. And she came to my office and said, you did surgery on a friend of mine. And I'm not going to the big shot in town. I'm going to you. And I was a young pup in practice. Edith had a bunch of kids, three sons, and one of them became a heart specialist, a cardiologist at Cedars. And Edith was tough. I did her surgery 30 years ago. And every time she had anything happen to her, she came to my office. And when she came to my office, she was special to me. First of all, she basically would always tell me how to run my office. You need to do this, that way. Your magazines are too old. You got to get like every time she came, she was like giving me a what for. But I love this woman because she picked me as her doctor, as her surgeon. When I was just starting out and patients like that have a warm place in my heart and they stay with you forever. 30 years ago, I took care of this woman. Remember, I started 32 years ago, so I probably was in practice a couple of years. 
And those hips I put in her lasted 30 years. And in the recent past, I would see her, you know, she was getting older. And I mean older. So this week, I was in the hospital, parked my car. And as I'm leaving my car to go into the building, I see her son, the cardiologist. Haven't seen him forever. And I, he said, hello. Hey, Robbie, how are you? Great, how are you? Everything's good. Nice hellos. And then we went our separate ways. I was going to go up the stairwell. He was going to the elevator. And I realized, you know what? I, I got to just ask him how his mother is. Because he's Edith's son, one of her sons. But she can't still be around. But she was in her 90s. So I went and said to him, hey, I just want to know how your mom is. Is she still with us? She said, he, he came back from the elevator to where I was standing and said, actually, Robbie, she passed away in January. And my heart just stopped. Good thing he's a cardiologist. He could help me. But it just gave me like, wow. Yeah, Robbie, she had a great life. She lived to be 99. And he looked at me and says, and you know, you're a big reason why she lived to be 99. You took such good care of her. Thank you. My whole family appreciates you. She loved you. I remember one day she called me. She tripped and fell. She couldn't move. I said, Edith, give me your address. On my way home from work today, I'll come to your office. Don't tell the AMA I'm making a house call, but I'm going to make a house call and come see you. I'll never forget this. I parked my car. If young doctors want to know what it's like to have that feeling of what a doctor really is, go make a house call. I made a house. I parked my car. I had my white coat. I was after seeing patients, and I rang the doorbell. And her husband answered the door. He looked at me like, are you kidding me? A doctor in a white coat has come to my house? Like He couldn't believe it. I said, where's Edith? And she had fell. She had a big black and blue mark. And I, you know, I said, listen, this is a bruise. You didn't break anything. You're going to be fine. And I'll never forget, she sent a gift to my office. Only Edith would do this. She sent me a wetsuit from Val Surf. Can you imagine? Because she, she knew I loved to surf. She didn't have to do that. But that's the kind of relationship I had with Edith. So when he told me she passed away, it really touched me. So today's show, Steve Paulette, I'm dedicating to Edith. Maybe she can hear the, the radio waves up there in heaven. But she picked me a long, long time ago when I was just starting out. And I'll always be grateful to her. Coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories. Stories about a prodigy starting out in their career. They're different than us. Kevin Garnett, Stevie Wonder. And then at 8.15, we'll talk to the great Dr. Eitan Debbie. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. With an equal opportunity for all to sing, dance, and clap their hands. It's good to be king. 
right, King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with Clappervision. Clappervision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. <laughs> Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like, or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. That makes me happy. Cheers.